Okay. Are you, are you all set? That was what the finger bone was for. Okay. So it's just fascinating, you know, just thinking about the idea of shooting you. Always. Ladies and future boys, welcome to another episode of The School for Wayward Nerds, the only podcast that knows the location of Voldemort's nose and refuses to tell anyone. It's my nose. No, oh, jeez. You just wear a second nose on top of your nose. I didn't say it was on my nose. It was yours. My name is Toby DePola, and this week we are diving into something iconic. A single tale that gave us the characters we love, expanded characters we hate, gave us twists, turns, and betrayals, all built upon four years of comic book mythology. Um, seriously, any top ten DC Comics list, any and all of them, will feature Teen Titans' The Judas Contract. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. Joining me for another week is my illustrious co-host and producer, Kyle. And I am also joined by you, the listener. Show me you exist by subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show. And email us at theschoolforwaywardnerds at gmail.com to suggest something or tell us something that we fucked up. Because I'm worried that this episode will probably upset you. <laughs> um, yeah. We got opinions. <laughs> the most dangerous weapon of the fucking current era. Listen, folks, I know Deathstroke is so fucking cool with his big sword and muscly legs. His name is Deathstroke the Terminator, which is super hardcore and not dumb at all. He can fight as as good as and plan as good as Batman, but I don't think his fan base spent much time in his past. Well, I'm sure... spends a lot of time in the past these days, that's why we're reliving history. Hmm? I'm sure many missed his color palette change in the 90s when he wore purple and blue. Yeah, boy. Very briefly. He appeared in Nightwing and Detective like that, and I didn't recognize him because he's, he's, he's in blue. Mm. Um, so I hope this episode can educate some fanboys. And if you don't like it, then, well, don't stress, because it was like three reboots ago at this point. So, you know, take it or don't. You either know about it or you don't, and there's no in between. We don't care. Yeah. I do like that about comic characters. There's so many different retcons and bullshit here and there and everywhere that you can just kind of cherry pick your favorite for a character. It makes it much easier. Yeah. I mean, Batman Year One is still the origin of Batman, but that was multiple reboots ago. It doesn't technically count. Yeah. Um, all right. So with that little brief rant out of the way, let's get to the Jews contract. Uh, we start with book one. The Eyes of Tara Markov. Um, so this will predominantly be me walking Kaya through this book so she can pretend she read it. So I you told listeners you. can do the same. We had a whole thing here. I watched the movie. Mm-hmm. Let me know you when it starts have, to deviate. You have maybe yelled at me numerous times that the movie has nothing to do with the book. No, it's, it's one of those DC animated movies that are cheap anime animation and don't really apply to anything. Which is great. That's fine. I still watched it. All right. Well, I just had my rant about how Deathstroke's an overrated hack, and we will talk more about some of his downfalls later. Would you like to have a rant as well? Because the first page of this is a nice flashy opening page of Starfire, dressed in not much and modeling for a film festival, which makes more sense because at first glance it looks like an ad for Stardust LEDs. Topical. Mm Hmm. 
I, look, I have no problem with Starfire. Oh, okay. I think she's a pretty okay character. Um, you know, no, no ill will towards my not woman woman. Okay. Well, she's not human, so you know. Alright, good, because right off the bat we are refreshing the readers on characters here. Mm-hmm. We've got the solar-powered Starfire, of course. We have Dick Grayson, her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. That's about where it starts. Um, here's the first yeah, yeah, page. Yeah, that, does, that, that does look like a real little LED strips, right? Yeah. It, it does, exactly yeah, you does. Yeah, that pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, we also see Donna Troy, former Wonder Girl, now working as a freelance photographer. Mm-hmm. Um, they're finishing up these film fest photos when we are refreshed on a couple of other characters. Horny old Beast Boy, which I've spelt wrong with three Bs, and I'm also realizing that he's still Changeling in this era. He's he is beast. not Beast Boy is that yet. Beast Boy? It's, or is it Beast, it's beast Boy? boy. <laughs> is what it is. Lovely. Yeah, um, yeah, he's Changeling still in this one. He's still got his Doom Patrol name. Which is weird because at this point we're like four years into the Teen Titans. Look, we hadn't we hadn't thought up a better name yet. I mean, baseball. The Changeling's kind of cool. I think there was a horror movie called that. Um, yeah, we meet him, who is always horny, and everything he says is kind of a quip. Yeah, often about the female form. <laughs> um, and we've also got Tara Markov, who is the Earthbender Terror. Mm. Um. She's been running with the Titans for a couple of years now. She had that body. Yeah, yeah. Um, Kyle, what are your first impressions of Terra? Um, she's just a, you know, young kid. She's a very rude one. Um. She's got a bad fucking attitude. She has bad hair and really bad teeth. Okay. So I'm thinking of the depiction from a Judas Contract, the animated. Mm-hmm. And then, I don't like, know how she looks in that. You're right. Teen Titans, the animated series. Oh, yeah. She did not look like that. In which she's just like a really small kid. Yeah, they, they did nothing alike to what she looked like in the books. Um, there's a fair reason for that. Give, she looked like a, she looked like a dart. I'm trying to find a good example, but I will go back to the page. Uh, she looked like this. That's not, with, she's, she's with a like sweet a ball cut. piggy nose. Yeah, and, like inches of teeth. Yeah. Yeah, she's great. Weirdly, it looks like those are only top teeth. Yeah, they Yeah. Yeah, she's got bugs by her mouth. Yeah. <laughs> but hers will fit in her mouth, so that's pretty exciting. <laughs> well, you, you got low standards, man. Usually, if you have, like, buck teeth, they stick out the front. Yeah, that's Hers do not. All right. Anyway, uh, we take this particular Scooby gang back to Donna's place. Where I am reminded of Terry Long, the soon-to-be husband of Donna Troy. I forget what episode I talked about him on, but to refresh you, he was a professor who banged one of his students who ended up being Wonder Girl. They get married, they have a kid, and then he decides her Wonder Girl lifestyle is too dangerous, divorces her, takes the kid, and dies in a car crash with it. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but at this point of time, we're at the nearly married part. So he's just a guy fucking his student. Okay. The other stuff hasn't happened yet. Um, I like that Dick is asked to walk Donna down the aisle. Yeah. Um, I mean, they, they were very close through most of their, like... 
Well, they were two original Teen Titans members. It was them two and, like, Kid Flash and stuff. Yeah. Um, those two have been through some shit together. And I always argue that not every bond between people in comics needs to have sexual elements. And these two are a very perfect example of that. Yes. I like it better when you've got... Like, it's more genuine when you have friends that are just friends. Hmm. I'm sorry. I know you're all, you know, spastic about the friend zone, but... It don't exist in comics, man. It's refreshing to see it in comics. But that's what I'm saying. Like, some relationships just don't need to go there. Mm. And that's fine. I understand the comics have been running for such a long time that they're like, oh, we don't know how to make it new and spicy. But I don't like spice. I'm a mild girl. I like pumpkin spice. That's about as far as my spice radar goes. We catch up on Vic Stone next, Cyborg. Um, he's found love in a woman named Sarah Sims. She works with handicapped children, and he likes to help out with them sometimes. Um, right now he's learning to ice skate with them, which which I would have assumed more dangerous than it is because I'm just, I'm just under the impression his body weighs like a car, yeah, or more, probably. But you know, a small car. But yeah, we're just gonna throw him on a fucking frozen pond with a bunch of handicapped children, see what happens. That's fine. I don't know. I'm always under the impression the robots weigh more. Because they always... It always says they do, and then none of the side effects of that ever appear. Because they're not really paying attention to physics. Mm. Um, anyway, so I like that Cyborg is tethered to the hometown that he lives in. Like, despite what a dump it is. Mm. Is it... Of course, Terra's like, wow, you live in a shithole. Because she's very polite. And he's like, well, this is where my dad grew up, and I hope at some point I'll see it become what it used to be. Mm. He's, he's got very, like, Daredevil with Hell's Kitchen vibes. He's, he's optimistic. Yeah. Yeah, I respect that. Next stop Tara makes is Raven in Titan's Tower. Um, not before giving old Garfield Logan a kiss goodbye. Um, I might think this Raven looks pretty creepy, but I do like her dismissiveness of Tara, like... The whole time. This is the era when she has the the crystal and her hairline comes from that. Oh, yeah. So it's a huge widow's peak. Mm. <laughs> Quotes like, I have always sensed corruptness in you, a feeling of inner evil. You know, she's like, I do not want to be your friend. I also like that that's coming from Raven. I mean, she's a fucking emotional psychic and she's like, you've got bitch in you. Yeah, but I mean, Raven's, you know, daughter of a demon. Yeah, but she's still relatively peaceful in this rendition. I know, that's why I like it, that she's like, I understand. My father is, you know, the root of all evil. However. However, you're trash. No. <laughs> she does the fucking finger click. She's like, you nothing. All right, so we bounce out of this catch-up stuff, and we get into catching up on everyone's abilities. Mm. And you can tell a story's going to be big. When they make sure newcomers have to uh, brought up to speed on characters. Yeah. Like, when there's moments like this where it's like, oh, I get it. This is obviously leading up to something. You know when you get a bunch of health before a boss fight? Mm. It's exactly what it is. I wonder if that's why people like it. Because Because you can is... pick it up from the get-go? Well, not even that you can pick it up from the get-go, but that it's like a... Their main characters, no matter what time you're really in. Mm-hmm. And... You're being given, like, here are the characters, here is what you need to know about them, here is a really, like, interesting story. Yeah. Maybe maybe that's where it comes from, because ticks as we get further the into this, 
Well, for a lot of characters, this is like the Dark Knight Returns for these characters. Mm. It's a it's a big deal book. Yeah. Um. So once we, we start looking at everyone testing their abilities in a very like one punch. It's not even that. It's more like an X Men sort of montage specifically. Uh, we see Cyborg push his way through five tons of magnetic pressure. We see Corey and Donna fight like gladiators in the in the '90s TV show, like a boa staff each on a kaiju style bat like pad over a swimming pool. Mm-hmm. Both trained by serious warriors in their time. Like I'd imagine this would be a pretty cool little match to see. Mm. You know, you got Amazon training versus the Okara of warriors. We should point out Corey is Starfire's name. Coriander. We did an episode about it. It might be worth checking. I just. And Wonder Girl is like a Wonder Woman. Corey, Corey. All right, Coriander. Vic Stone is Cyborg. Garfield Logan is Changeling, who is Beast Boy. Uh, Dick Grayson is no one currently. (laughs) Dick Grayson is his own man. Yeah, he retired. Unless he is Bob's man. This is Fuck off, Coriander. This no is right in the middle of their fourteen year long relationship. Fuck off, Coriander, no one likes you. <laughs> you just like You destroy my taco and my relationship. You're not shipping nothing too hard to worry about it. I ship things that never happen. Like you and me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um <laughs> So while these two are having their little fight on their pad, mm-hmm. Terra is watching and thinking about how no wonder Deathstroke couldn't top these dudes. Like, she knows she could just use her earth-shattering powers to best pretty much everyone there. And ugh. So she's not up herself at all. She The arrogance that seeps from villains in the Teen Titans, fucking up. Just world is so harsh, but also spoilers about how she's going to end up. Sorry. She's a bitch. She's very much an asshole. I get that. Okay, so Teen Titans mm-hmm. is made to be read by teenagers, correct? More or less, yeah. Do you think that they give them, like, super arrogant villains because that's what kids relate to? Like, they see all of their, like, parents and teachers and all of that being these, like, all-knowing beast butts. And so they're like, we need to, like, oversaturate all of the characters because that's how they'd be like, that one's evil. I think it's just some of the particular... Think it's just, like, I think it's just a coincidence that the two things we run into here have bad fucking attitudes. Mm. I, don't, I don't remember them all being like this. Okay. They're just, like, clearly the dickheads where you're like, I just want to see someone smack that person in the head. I'm just, I'm just you know... Yeah. I'm talking out loud here, thinking about it. Um... So, it's Terra's turn next to do some showy-offy training stuff. And she'll spar with uh, Changeling. Um, it's another good little fight. Like, Terra's strong as shit, but it's hard to pin down a shapeshifter, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, if she wants to shake the earth, he's bird. She wants to bury him, go for. She's being her normal jerk self, and, um, and Garfield starts, like, acting up to antagonize her, mm. including becoming a beaver and using his tail to smack her in a bump. At this point, she flips out and genuinely tries to kill him, knocking him out and trying to smash him with a makeshift asteroid. Luckily, they are literally surrounded by heroes. Starfire smashes the rock away like it's nothing. Cyborg goes in and gets Garfield out of there, and they're like, what the fuck's your problem, bitch? 
And she talks of being a hostage once, and she was all triggered, and then we are led to the reveal. Hmm. The last sliver of panel on this page. All right, so this this is a page with a lot of eye panels, just like long horizontal slivers of panel. Um, you've got Tara sweating as she talks. You've got Raven suspicions. And then the last panel is white hair and an eye patch. It's Slade Wilson saying, you made a grievous mistake, Tara. Mm. So, so Tara Markov is working for Slade. Bum, bum, bum. For the second time. <laughs> yeah, well, don't worry about it. Um, look, you know, it's it's a big reveal, considering how long she's been tagging along. She's been the annoying, bratty, self-absorbed piece of shit, but she's sort of like the red-headed boy from Magic School Bus. Like, she's still there. Yeah. She's still tagging along. She's just she's the not. one that you want to die out of the bunch. Look, she's the Jason have- Todd of a generation, so. Oh. And now the Damien Wayne. I was agreeing, but with my eyebrows. I'm sorry. Great. Um, <laughs> I just realized that, like, you know exactly what I was doing, but nobody else does. Mm-hmm. This is it's an been audio a long best. day, ladles and spoons. <laughs> right, so we've got Deathstroke the Terminator in all his very flared boots glory. They are very flared. It is very... There's a big Was it 1984, I think? Yeah. 1984. Um, he talks about how his son Grant died while contracted to bring in the Titans. Um, and that was issue two, uh, which is 40 issues ago. I like that Hive and Deathstroke have been rumbling in the background of Titans this whole time. Mm. It makes for a beefy showdown when something finally comes to a head, you know. And um, Tara's been doing a bit more than working for him. Calling him honey constantly in this scene and wearing a very sultry little fucking Roby number. Look, maybe she just got out of the shower and she forgot his name. It's clear they are together. It gets retconned and re-retconned back in again, depending on who's writing the characters. But the fact remains that in this book, the first big story arc for Deathstroke, including all of his origin stuff... Features an approximately 55-year-old man in a relationship with a 15-year-old girl. And this is the reason we're teaching you guys about this story. Alright, this so cool anti-hero that everyone loves is a fucking Subsway spokesman, you know what I'm saying? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge! Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, everything about this guy sucks to me. Look! I'm sure there's good issues that he's in, but if this is my starting point, it's hard to care. So... Um, it's like if the first Superman book you picked up had him, like... Killing babies and nah, eating their brains? No, I was trying to think of something factual. I was leaning towards, like, the... It's the middle of World War Two, so punch a Japanese man. Because he's Japanese. That's a bit racist. Yeah, but if that was your first version of Superman, you're probably not going to like Superman ever again. Yeah, but see... By today's okay. standards, I mean, propaganda was what it was. So, I'm, I'm a 90s baby, for those of you playing at home. So I watched the good Teen Titans. Still waiting for Adult Swim to bring it back. I can't believe they fucking promised that and then nothing for two years. Trust me, we 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 out here. We we remember. Even then, I thought that Deathstroke was like cheap crap. There's something because very- he's being beaten by a bunch of like. 15, 16-year-olds. I know that's in my notes later, but that was the same argument I had about Pennywise the Clown. Like, if you are bested every time 
by people that aren't old enough to get their fucking like learner's permit, you're probably not as you probably shouldn't be as pompous as you are because maybe you're a fucking jerk. Well, that's what I figured, which is why I always kind of was like they're like oh he's as good as Batman. It's like I've seen him beaten by children. I've seen him tossed aside by Nightwing uh, recently. Because I've been reading his 90s series. I've seen Green Arrow put him away like it's nobody's business. I've seen Batman go, shoo, you suck. You're a KG beast at best. Mm. They can keep going, oh, he's so hardcore all they want. No, Evidence I, is very like, fucking clear. There's about 15 years of him just sucking. But that's the thing. That's my introduction to the character that, like, I figured they just beefed him up to, like, give kids something to be mad at. Like... You know how you have that one teacher that you're like, they're so strict and they're so stern and they don't understand what it's like to be a teenager. That's what I always talked him up to. And then, you know, you and I got together and he started appearing in more things, obviously, because I was looking closer in the DC industry. He's getting more popular as time goes on. Yeah. And, and you were like getting mad at him over... Literally, this relationship because you were like, "Why does no one know he's a pedophile?" And I was like, "What do you mean?" He's what? Hang on, back it up. I've missed something here. Now I just can't. I'm like, not. It's only, hard to unsee. Not only are you like the wimpiest of wimps. Yeah. Like I'm stronger than you. I get in fights with teenagers all the time. I win every single one of them. It's called detention. Just so you know. I'm just saying, you give me a fucking chef's knife and a pool stick. I reckon I could knock loose a few children. I don't think he can. I was going to say, a pool stick and a, and a knife? You're going to knock a few teeth out? You're like, children. I'm like, all oh, of this went very different to what I thought. I thought you were fighting him. Look, he's got the strength of a ball pit. <laughs> really? He really does. And like that fashion sense of, well, me. And that's not very fashionable, ladies and gentlemen. I know he's like a great villain in the Arrowverse. And he was almost in a Justice League movie at one point he there. Was, he was in the After Credit sequence, remember? Is, is he, he, was, he was really good in the Arkham Sides Origins. Play? No. Who's he's in it currently. That's You're Dead thinking Shot. of Deadshot. Oh. Another overrated hack. Who is Floyd? The same dude? Floyd. No, is not Floyd? Oh. Because he's in Arrow as well. That's why I'm getting confuzzled. Mm. Yeah. He blows himself up to save the Valentine's lady. No, he blows himself up because the Suicide Squad had to be killed off so they could do a movie. Okay, back to Judas Contract now that I've derailed us for five minutes. <laughs> it's, it's kind of the point of the episode is maybe we're shining some light on a fucking tool bag of a character. I do, I do like the fact that... He has multiple children older than Tara at the point of this book. Yeah. Well, he's old. And Tara gives him more than a place to come. She also has a lot of power and two years of intel on the Titans. Sorry to tangent that way, but she does. She's very helpful in his espionage. Well, you know, he doesn't have any superpowers. No, no, he got, like, Captain America powers. But still can be pummeled by, like, 13-year-olds. That's... We'll get on to that one. Alright, so it's time for them to enact the plan to bring Hive the Titans, who are the vague, shadowy, evil organization of the... I'm I'm sure they appeared in Teen Titans. You have to have a shadowy organization. Mm -hmm. They live in a big honeycomb. Um, So his thing is to bring them in dead or alive, and, you know, that's what 
his son was originally doing in issue two. Um, so it's there's even another layer of espionage on this because as he goes out to what well, looks very New Yorky, to, mm. you know, to find the Teen Titans, and another mysterious stranger is watching Slade as much as he watches the Titans, and that is how the first issue ends. What do you think of issue one of Judas Contract? Um, it's a lot of setup by the sounds of it. It's a lot of refresh, but it also throws a lot of, like, elements in it. Like, it reveals that Deathstroke's ready to enact his plan. It shows that Tara is a fucking... is more than just a bitch. Yeah. It honestly probably doesn't deviate that far from the film so far. I think the only difference is, is that Don is not in it. Yeah, the... the I think Everyone else is in it, but the whole point... Like in Nightwing's already Nightwing. He's still just a Dick Grayson between roles at this point. Like, I think I think the biggest difference in this is that Dick and Starfire are moving out into their own apartment, Mm. and that was what a lot of the problem was: the fact that they were moving out, which meant that their like leader wasn't there. Yeah, because they didn't have a dormitory to take leadership. The same. Fight, they still do all of that. Mm. I think really the only thing missing is Donna. Yeah. Um, I think it's a very well tightly packed and exciting issue mm. for a, for a book from 1984. You know, uh, this was a creative team's big ass story before they went and changed DC Comics history with Crisis on Infinite Earths. After this, so basically, retconned it immediately. They just it, they knew their chops. They could do small, huge event, life changing books. They could also do book shattering, yeah. fucking stuff as well. Um, the art is a little bit outdated in this book, but I, it still holds up. And I think the only reason it seems outdated is everyone has hair like a Brady Bunch character, which was you know the trend, which was the style of the time. Yeah, like I, having shoulder pads. I mean, it is, but I think that's the only thing about it that feels outdated. Some yeah, of the colouring's a little bit lax, but it, it was up until not even that long ago. Yeah. Um, you know, George... But that's the thing. We've also come so far when it comes to art styles now mm. that you can't really hold it against these books. Yeah, it's still like, pretty. It's just got, like, a less of a thing, printing like, quality. And that's the thing. Printing quality has gotten to the point now, and, like, people understand that it is truly an art form mm. that, you know... Of course, books that are being put out now are very different to books that were put out back then. Mm. The so. colouring in the new 52 Batman is one of the best parts of that. And that's still with fucking Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo doing everything else. Yeah. Takes a fair bit to stand out against those guys, you know. Um, so, George Perez, he has so much amazing work under his belt. Not just this. His iconic take on Wonder Woman changed her fucking history forever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you got this rendition of the Titans. He did the Crisis on Infinite Earths, obviously. And the fucker isn't even DC exclusive. He did the Infinity Gauntlet story arc. So thanks for Endgame, buddy. Look, Endgame was great. Yeah, that's what, I, that's what I'm saying. He drew the original fucking thing that that is a movie based on. I, I got all of my favorite endings from that. I know, you're very happy. I, I, I was the one person that came out of that happy. And look, it was all drawn by this one guy. Why not? Good work, man. He's a, he's a fucking champ. And Round then, of applause. And then you've got the writer, one of your personal favourites, Marv Wolfman. Yeah, go Marv. You like him because he's a little old man and he just seems to want to do his best. He just, he's just so lovely. He's 
so proud of what he's created. I think they were just glorified coloring books when he started and they're like, we're going to do the Titans TV series and it's going to make all the money. And he's like, that's pretty cool. (laughs) He's like, I don't know, but okay. I do. I do really love, we've had the opportunity to see a couple of things like that. Like, um, so he's popped and up a few times in interviews and stuff we've seen. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I don't remember her name, but the lady that voices Poison Ivy mm-hmm. from Batman animated series. We had the I great, used to do hard, I'm gonna check. We had the great pleasure of meeting her, um, at one of Stanley's LA Comic Cons. And she was just so happy to be there. Not for the fact of like being recognized as a voice actress. She just saw it as, like, a fun road trip for her and her girlfriends. Yeah. And, like, anyone that came over and they were like, I really loved the way that you played that character. She was like, oh, you're so Diane Pershing. There it is. Fun bit of trivia. She used to do orgasm dubbing for porn films before that job. They literally were like, we have to get the most sultry voice we can. Get a porn actress! Yeah. No, get someone that was so good in porn, she didn't have to do porn. That's, That's what Right? <laughs> Fake it so hard you're in the industry now. <laughs> it's amazing. That's that's like my motto in life. Fake it so hard that you make it in the industry. <laughs> Look at us go. I'm, I'm just, I'm not talking about porn, I just mean in general. Just in life. Just pick a random job and be like, this is my job now. Yeah. <laughs> I am the job now. Yeah, we definitely have a soft spot for some of the older guard who are just like, yeah, I didn't think people would care. That's nice that's- of them. <laughs> Again, this is an argument that we've literally made probably all of 2020. It is very clear when people do something because they love doing it and not for any other reason. And then are rewarded later after the fact and they're like, oh, okay, that's good too. Yeah, Mark was (laughs) like, this is a job that I had to do to keep food on my table. Mm. And then all of a sudden he's like, oh, you you guys like that thing I did 20 years ago? Cool. Oh, like a lot? Oh. Oh, nice. Oh, that's that's fun. Oh, I'm glad. They've got the same reaction to, like, a kid when you put their drawing on the fridge. Yeah. It's um, just, it's so sweet and, like, wholesome. You're yeah. like, oh, you, you. And like I said, like, a lot of time and energy went into writing this shit, too. Oh, It's yeah. nice that, like, people acknowledge him for that. Um, We can raise a glass to Marv Wolfman for creating Starfire, Raven, Cyborg, Deathstroke. Um, Look, and this Titans run, obviously. But everyone has to have a little mud on their shoe. Well, let's keep that glass raised because he's given us Tim Drake, the Amiga Men. You remember those guys, the tin, mercury, platinum, oh, gold. Yeah. Those guys, they're, they're, they're they his look as well. Silly. I'm surprised. I love them. They're so old school, golden age style. Oh, yeah. They're clearly like a passion project for someone who grew up reading golden age stuff, and it, I like them for that. It is a little bit like um, Calendar Man. It's some of that goofy fucking zest that I like to see. Yeah. Know? All right. Um, and for Marvel, he gave us Blade. He gave us Nova, who I'm sure will come very relevant if MCU continues. Mm-hmm. Uh, Black Cat and Bullseye. You know, he did this. He did the new adventures of the Teen Titans. He did Crisis on Infinite Earths. He did A Lonely Place of Dying. Like, the guy shaped a lot of our books forever. Yeah. And he's still in industry. Like, all the... Raven miniseries over the last few years, he all did them too. Yeah. And like I said, he gives really good interviews. And you know what else he did, Kyle? What else? He did issue two, Betrayal. 
Betrayal! Yeah. Um, it begins with Dick Grayson, all civilian, doing a vague office thing, because I couldn't find any information of what he was doing. Maybe a PI or a reporter or something. I don't know. He, he had his own na- He had his name on a little plate on his desk, so he did something. So he's important. He's, he did a thing. It, Yay! Dick that, Grayson doing things. Good for him. Um, when Deathstroke crashes in through the window, he tries to beat the dick, which is fun, and it's clear he knows that the guy used to be Robin, mm. with, which in the moment is barely treated like a revelation because, like, we're doing an action-packed thing. Fun. Now we yeah. can't really dwell on this, but it is a big deal. Yeah. You know, a lot of people figure out Batman, but not a lot of people go much further than that or go into Titans or anyone else. Also, that said, you know, the Robins are pretty interchangeable most of the time. Just some of them wear pants. Yeah. Like, I wonder if Jason Todd is currently active at this point. Mm. In 85, it probably is. Um, yep, so Deathstroke smacks him with a staff, and he falls out the window that Deathstroke broke into and escapes into a crowd of joggers at the park. And I don't want to hang shit on Deathstroke for an entire episode. I do. I don't want to. I do. I'm having trouble avoiding it. And I'm like, I'm trying to be peaceful here. Look, it keeps me distracted from the fact that Dick Grayson is lying to himself. <laughs> About Corey. Years. God damn you. All right. So, yeah, I don't want to hang shit on him for being a dud. But he come in and says there's no escape and then bonks him out of the way he came in. Like a fucking golf ball. He then runs after Dick Grayson in broad daylight into what looks like Central Park in full costume with his swords and all his bullshit and can't find Dick because he's, like, ran off into, like, a crowd of people jogging and doing a marathon. just thrown out of a window. Well, he scurried away into a crowd and Deathstroke's just standing there in his stupid fucking costume and then, he, again. And then yells at a woman for looking at him and then just he awkwardly wanders off. Picking a wedgie out. God damn it. Like, I will say I like that the paranoia between his rack, like, behind his rash decisions is good and that he doesn't rely on others and Tara is a complete loose unit Mm. and she's a key component of what he's doing. So that's throwing him off a little bit, but still. He's just not good. (sighs) No. He's really... He yelled at a middle-aged woman. She's like, what are you looking at? And she's like, the obvious fucking weird thing. (laughs) I also like the next bit, you know, like like Grayson in detective mode, you know, like he's doing it. Now he's escaped and he has to find the other Titans who aren't answering their little wristwatch thingies, their communicators that Power Rangers had. Um, Or the Venture Bros. Yeah, exactly that shit. Um, he goes to the destroyed penthouse belonging to Donna and Corey, and just he just snaps into like Batman detective mode, like mm. right off the bat. We we've sat through so many Batman and DC movies that when anyone from Gotham actually does crime solving stuff, I get excited because we don't never get to see that no more. Yep, he works out that Corey has been knocked out by a fake present with his name on it that exploded. Deathstroke got him with the. The prank smurf gimmick mm. gave her an explosive box. Um, oh, pretty. And, yep. And Donna was at her photo studio when switched chemicals in her, um, what are they called? The red room? Dark room? Dark room. Development area. Um, yep. She accidentally makes ether because Deathstroke's come in and switched the chemicals. It's not really. 
Yeah, okay. I mean, it's not like a big daring knife-swinging swashbuckling adventure, but I do appreciate that this would-be assassin and bounty hunter did take these two out like Agent 47 mm. in the Hitman games. Mm. I mean, we don't often watch people play that correctly, but he shows a lot of cunning and planning in this one time. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give him that. He gets a point. And then it's immediately removed because it's him. Uh, we'll wait. I'll cancel it out. Don't you worry. Um, so Dick goes to uh, Vic Stone's house next, um, where he had been electrified. I mean, that would work. I mean, he runs on electricity. It's probably not good to short him out. You just unplug him. I don't think that's what happens. He's not a fucking toaster. Um, he could be. Yep. So then Grayson goes to the tower. And I love how hyper-focused he gets in emergency situations. I also like that he goes past this huge tower of rocks. And he's like, surely Destroy couldn't get past Terra's abilities. Hmm. But she's been there, Kai. Um, when he's trying to find Raven, that stalker woman from the first issue makes herself known. Her and her most outdated dork boy ever, uh, named Joseph, his sideburns were outdated even at the time of this book. Holy shit, he's got you, mutton you chops. very mad at these. He has mutton chops like those really old colonial paintings. Mm. They're Fucked. <laughs> um, Alright, so her name is Adeline. She talks of betrayal, how the only way the Titans could have been stopped like this is if Tara was an evil person. She even says that Tara belonged to Slade, body and soul. Yuck. I like to think she said it real slow to body. Anyway, Dick doesn't believe this random smoking woman and her weird silent Bob friend, and he goes to find Garfield. Before he jumps to any conclusions, he's going to go look for Beast Boy. Um, Beast Boy got the stupidest capture, I think. But However. He, but he's the pervy comic relief of the book, so it's kind of fair play. Um, he gets fan mail and decides to respond by sending autographed photos back. Mm-hmm. The envelopes he's licking have been poisoned. Mm-hmm. The issue ends with Adeline revealing she knows her shit because she is Slade's wife. Ad- I, I do like that. Your ex and a bunch of Children. teenagers take you down. Yep. Yeah, my sick fuck fucking jailbait husband is scared. You know, he's out having shenanigans. Yep, and at that same moment, her husband arrives at Hive with his bounty. He's captured all the Teen Titans at this point, except for Dick. Um, That is the end of book two. I also like that Dick just, you know, leaves him there. Yeah, he seemed to escape pretty good, but... He springs into action pretty automatically. I don't think the other guys... The other guys are power-based, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't feel like he made himself known to any of them. Mm. Not in the same way. He wanted to... He had. He got up to the last one and wanted to be petty and annoying and boastful and... Which is usually what brings anyone down. It's usually his fucking personality, too. Um. So what do you think at this point? We're in the halfway mark of the story, which... It's so tightly packed for four issues. I wouldn't get, you don't get this much shit in, like, a 12-issue fucking arc anymore. No, I was going to say, I didn't realize... I don't like how paced out things books. are currently. Yeah. Um, and the page count's the same. Like, these are still, like... Oh, they're maybe slightly more. They're only 24 pages, including cover, you know what I mean? Like the That's a lot to fit into a book, which is good. You know, you don't want things to drag on. Cause that's yeah, you don't want to space it out to make the asshole buy the next issue... God damn it. Most of it's commercials. Um, it's pretty good. Um, you know, 
I was going to say, would you like to see it done in a proper film? But you would also need Terra's betrayal to actually fucking matter. Yeah. So it's kind of, it would be hard to do. I get that the animated one sucks and I feel like they could do better, but I also don't have a way to do that. I wouldn't be surprised if they somewhat introduce it into Titans. Well, we don't have Tara yet. Exactly. I'd love to see it. But that's the thing. The like, trouble is, though, she's a smoking gun. We know she's a traitor since 1984. So it, it doesn't help. Yeah, but you forget. People don't read books. Yeah, I guess. I saw, I saw if they really Google good, her, but then we're fucked. I saw a really good poster today. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, a kid picking their nose. And it says, why not pick a book instead? And I was Fuck like, off, Boomer. Hmm. God damn it. Interesting. It's so stupid. But, sorry, that's got nothing to do with what we're doing right now, but it, it's good. I don't know, like, I know no one reads books anymore, and so it would just come out, like, instantly on the internet, because people are so big thing with spoiling everything in the universe. Yeah. But we're at the stage with Titans where, you know, we have, excuse me, <coughs> we have... Like, we care about the characters, mm-hmm. and we have some background to them. So if you... And, like, they've done a really good job on that show of introducing characters like Donna, where they're there, and you feel something for them, but they're not, like, a big character. Yeah. Which is something that they didn't do when they invited in Jason. <laughs> yeah. Jason comes in, and you're like, oh, my God. That's the point, like... People forget that now because a lot of people like Red Hood and what's been done with the character since. Oh, he was but he sucked terrible us. as a Robin. He sucked us for so long they voted him dead. You know how no, often- no, no. The public voted him dead. That's what I'm saying. He was- I know, but you need to include the fact that the fans of the book didn't like him. Hmm. I mean, it's hard to compete with like the nicest boy in DC books history, Dick Grayson, mm-hmm. who I'm sick of being targeted by every fucking editor in charge of DC. I think they're just mad because he's so good. No, they wanted him to die like three giant crossovers ago. Mm-hmm. And no one would have liked that. So like there was pushback from writers, authors, and creative teams. And they just keep taking pot shots at him. Forever Evil ended with him having to give up his identity. He's also to retire beating Nightwing. And then he, knee, after that he had to do, for like forever. Yeah, he had to do the Grayson thing. Uh, in recent memory, he got fucking turned into Rick Grayson. Oh. You remember that? Listen, his name is Dick Grayson. No, it ain't. Deal with it. At the moment, I don't know what it is because he's also been Joker Toxin and is now Joker's sidekick. Because why not fuck his day up just a little more every time? I thought they in Punchline for that purpose. That's Joker's new family, Punchline and current Nightwing, who's in a Robin costume again. Does he have pants? I don't know. Not from Readers, the picture I saw. Stay here. It looks a little bit I'll like the back. 60s Robin, so probably not. Oh, I'll be back. He's very pale and. Does he have the mullet? No. Look, I'm. See you later. I can deal with this. I can, I can work with what you're putting down. He should be a fucking. He should be one of the main mascots because he's lovable in every he's fucking. Every version he's in. Yeah. I hate that they just like. There's a weird vendetta at DC's editing staff about Dick Grayson. Yeah, why, why don't I like him? Because he was a key character to die. I know, but he's such... 
No, no, think. He takes he takes like mythology from Superman. Like he actually likes a lot of Superman's fucking thing. Mm-hmm. He's a Batman kid, and he was I don't know. He vaguely got along with Wonder Woman. He was the closest thing to a perfect center in the Venn diagram of DC Comics. So to lose him would affect everyone. Yep. It would affect everyone because he's just a good guy. Oh, they killed him in the VR thing too. Yeah. Remember, because you have to investigate his death. Yeah, but none of that counted. And then Killer Croc was very scary. Stop trying to kill my boyfriend. For fuck's sake. I mean, Babs' boyfriend. Dick Grayson is is the truest waifu. No, he's just so lovely. Great. (laughs) (coughs) All right. Do you want to edit your cough out? Yeah. Alright, where was it? Well, that's the second cough, so I'm going to have to listen to the, you know, the it's, last. It's near the end. Alright, do you want to put a pin in this and continue next week? Sure. Hey, it might give listeners a, the time to actually read it. Because it is, like, like you said, it's a very solid book. The art's good, the writing's fucking stellar. It's so compact and well-built, despite its... You know, slim page count. You learn a lot about, you know. And it's a fucking team up book. Normally, you don't get time to appreciate anybody in those. Personally, I'm not often a fan of them. Everyone is, everyone's personality is relegated to a few quips because you got to share spotlight with everyone. So it's Mm. often not as good, but I like how this one does it. Will all the characters uh, die? (laughs) Yes. No, no, no. We have to, we have to do like a 60s Batman ending. Okay. Oh, okay. You ready? Are you ready? Yeah. You, you have to have a will they thing. That's your homework right now. Oh. Will they make it through the crossover episode? Will Slade Wilson finally get those charges brought up on him for pedophilia? <laughs> Do you have any others? Well, give us one more. Will Dick Grayson come to his senses and break up with Coriander and start dating Babs Gordon again? For fuck's sake. Find out next week. Same, same bat, bat time, same, same bat, bat channel. channel. All right, I've been Toby DePoli, your host. I've been joined by my loud tongue out producer, Kaya. Look, I was just so excited we did it in unison. Screw up. Yeah. High five me. For such a rocky start, it did end. I can safely say that. Um, and so will this podcast. Yeah. Good uh, night. Yeah, remember to rate, review, do all the goodies. We will talk to you next week as we continue our adventure through the Judas Contract. Class dismissed.